the consumer and the retailers in our membership really are the kind of the, as we like to say, the heart and soul of farm, ranch, and home. And and there's a very loyal consumer base. Relationship matters. Knowing that consumer as a retailer matters. I'm your host, Dave Knox, and this is Predicting the Turn, a show that helps business leaders meet their industry's inevitable disruption head on. Welcome to another episode of Predicting the Turn. Today, I'm joined by Tom Malky, who is the president and CEO of Midstates Distributing. Tom, welcome to the show. Thank you. Awesome. Good to be here. Well, thank you for taking the time out. So I want to dive in and talk about uh, the role that you play at Midstates Distributing. So Midstates was started in 1954 as a buying group for the Farm and Ranch Channel. How's the company really evolved over those years, and what falls under it today? Yeah, so Midstates was formed back in 54, as you said, Dave, and uh, it was organized as a cooperative. There were, it's a very interesting organization. There was one family uh, that had the idea and brought this thing together, brought in four other family businesses. They're all in the retail, farm and ranch retail space. These, are, these were uh, small uh, entrepreneurial rural companies. They brought them together and organize them as a uh, cooperative. And, and the foundation of Midstates is that every one of our companies then and today is still a privately held family business. And uh, uh, so these businesses were very interdependent. Uh, one of the foundational aspects of our organization is a very familial uh, group. They depend on each other. There's high interdependency. These are on third and fourth generation. And, and they've grown up together, they've vacationed together, they've watched people get their kids get married. So it's a very, very unique organization in that respect. Transactionally speaking, Midstates operates like most retailers, but relational, relationally speaking, very different. Relationship is the foundation of, of what makes this organization special. So you mentioned the, the stuff that's different and really what makes it special. You started your career in traditional CPG uh, back did. in the days of Kimberly Clark and everything else. I did. That's an industry that's really about food drug mass, you know, the big, big retailers. When you look at that world and that kind of that space you grew up in in so many years and now contra- contrast that with farm and ranch, what do you see as what's the same and what's different about the two? Yeah, I, I think the fundamental difference in farm and ranch, traditionally it, it was a, a much more rural format, first of all, and it was serving a consumer that was either a, a land and animal professional, somebody who's really working on a farm, whether they're growing row co- crops or they're, they're raising cattle or, or other livestock, and they are very need-based uh, products in, in that particular retail format. If you have animals, you need to feed them. If, if you're if you're having a, if you if you're putting animals in in ground and containing them, you need fencing. So there are a lot of things about the farm and ranch channel and the and the, and the product offering that separated from traditional food drug mass uh, merchant. The other the other fundamental difference is this organization grew up in the heartland, and so you see a very much Americana. You know, we like to joke about flag-waving, apple pie-eating, mama-loving consumers, and that's what these people are. They're, they're, they're the consumer and the retailers in our membership really are the kind of the, as we like to say, the heart and soul of farm, ranch, and home. And, and there's a very loyal consumer base. Uh, relationship matters. Knowing that consumer as a retailer matters. Uh, and, and one of the things that sets our retailers apart is 
They're not traditional big box national account. They grew up in their communities. They're a fabric of their communities. They know their consumer on a personal level. And that's a really unique thing about the difference between traditional big box food drug mass. Now, with all those kind of uniqueness, you also have the, the shoppers kind of changing over the years. Not everybody going to farm and ranch is growing crops necessarily is the, the reason they're in that market. What kind of shift are you seeing with that consumer and that shopper? Yeah, I think the trend in our channel and our members specifically, first of all, there's, there's a migration from our retail locations to a, from a more traditional uh, rural setting into more of a suburban. We don't really have a whole lot of urban, but we have suburban settings. The other big change in our membership is the size of the retail box itself. Our, our guys started back in the 50s and 60s with three, four, 5,000 square foot retail formats. Over the years and really in the last 20 years, that's expanded exponentially to the point where the average box size is closer to 80,000 square feet. Wow. So what you're seeing now in that format is not only a larger box size, but it's, but it's affording them an expansion of category representation, brand representation, and frankly, SKU selection, which is really important to a consumer. When you think about what consumers are all about today, they self-identify, they want selection, they want personal choice, they want the opportunity to go in and pick what's for them. And the ability to have that kind of offering really appeals to the consumer today. So speaking about that kind of expansion of the categories and everything else, one of the things you do twice a year is you hold your rendezvous, which is an industry trade show for farm and ranch. In this world we're in where digital is so key in so many ways, why do you think it's so important for the members still to be able to connect with their supplier base and with each other in a kind of physical format? Yeah, I think it's two things. One, uh, and, and, and let me tell you the least important, the the, the one that's least important, but here's the, the two things that really make our trade shows successful. One, the nature of the products themselves lend themselves uh, to a touch and feel in, in, in an experiential kind of uh, environment, right? You want to see it, you want to touch it, you want to understand it. And we're constantly seeing new products and, 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 and uh, product uh, improvement. So that's an important part of why we physically get together. The more important part, though, is this is an organization and these members are built on the, found, on the foundation of relationships and the ability to interact, to actually shake someone's hand, sit down and spend time, talk about the business, get to know each other. That's critical to these owners and, and it separates them from a lot of retail format. It, it really is important to them. Yes, the transaction at the end of the day is, is what gets the deal across the goal line, but it's everything up to that point that's really important. And, and bringing these people together, creating the kind of atmosphere and environment really is uh, what makes this thing work. Talent is a big part of predicting the turn. And as we talk about talent, I wanted to mention one of our sponsors, Hunt Club. Imagine the power of the best marketers in the world helping you to find your next marketing leader. That's the power of Hunt Club. Hunt Club is a new category of talent company that powers the network of experts, connectors, and business leaders to help you find the best talent. Let's face it, recruiting hasn't changed with the times. Hunt Club is changing the recruiting game by leveraging technology and crowdsource referrals to find you the best people possible for your company. Stop paying job boards that don't work or recruiting firms that recycle the same active candidates. Partner with Hunt Club. 
So when you look at that, then, you know, every retailer is being faced with the rise of technology. And that's technology both in the store, how that's changing, to things like digital and e-commerce and everything else. How's Farm and Ranch uh, embracing and responding to the rise of technology in retail? Yeah, I think our class of trade, in, in, in particular our members, and uh, there are other players in our class of trade, but we are playing catch-up in a lot of respects in a couple of key areas. One is in data and understanding what, what's happening through the register and then therefore being able to mine that consumer activity. And so the data side, as well as then the technology to how do you embrace that, right? So we're playing catch up there and we're spending a lot of time, frankly, and effort in, in catching up. Secondly, though, as, as we think about where the consumer is going and how do we reach that consumer differently, one of the things that still differentiates us, because there is a lot of need-based product, a lot of things that are not re- that don't really lend themselves to a digital component or a digital reach is it's the experience in the store. And if you think about today, you can reach consumers digitally online and touch two of their five senses. You can see it and you can hear it today. In store, you can still reach five. And that's a big differentiator when you think of the offering of products and and the type of consumer and the experience, being able to create that environment in the store where you can come in and, and if you're into fly tying, you can sit there and tie a fly. If, if you're into firearms, you want to touch and feel that, or you might buy uh, archery and you go in an archery lane. If, if you really want to go out and understand what's happening in the health side of large animal, you want to talk to an expert who can teach you about biologics and vaccinations and how do you handle animals. And that in-store experience still reaching those five senses is really important to the consumer. So you mentioned that, you know, the company was really started as a co-op and a buying group. And today you have members that have two stores and you have some that have hundreds of stores. With that technology, how is a kind of a distributing group? Are you helping think about technology in that way? Because there are things that two two store can't probably do on their own. Are you bringing the retailers together to solve some of those technology uh, solutions as mid-states? Yeah, it's a, it's a really um, interesting dynamic of our group, our organization. There are 35 companies who own mid-states who've invested in this organization. And so it's not a traditional buy group or a, a uh, co-op in the sense that they're a member and they own a membership or a subscription. They have invested significantly into this organization and their owners and shareholders. So their commitment level is a little different. Yeah. And as such, they come together regularly as co-owners of this organization and, and explore and share and try to learn from each other, how do we better this thing on behalf of each other? Kind of a unique model. And so our job is to facilitate that, to try to be headlights for them on what's happening out there from a competitive standpoint, whether it be retailers or online and consumers, and bring that back and try to bring them together on how do we create common platforms. The challenge, of course, is uh, the diversity of our membership. Yep. Yeah, without a doubt. Now, that's fascinating. So rewinding a little bit in your own career, so prior to Mid-States and coming into this, uh, you were mostly in the world of CPG. And in particular, your last stint was more on the startup side, working both in energy drinks and alcoholic beverages. Those are kind of two industries that were really at the leading edge of the rise of challenger brands. In fact, you were leading two challenger brands. 
Why do you think consumers these days are embracing new, different challenger brands versus the ones that we kind of grew up working in? Yeah, I, I you know, I guess it's my humble opinion that uh, consumers have more choice, they have more access, they have more information. I think there's much more innate curiosity, which is a great thing. I think it's a really cool thing when you see people reaching out and trying to explore and understand and, and ultimately find what's good for them. You know, we live in a world where people want to self-actualize and, and find the thing that works for them, so they look for choice. And, you know, I'm old now, and in, in those days it used to be you had three choices. Now everybody wants to explore and find their choice, and whether it's in, uh, uh, you know, the beverage business, you know, energy drinks certainly was that way. You look at the explosion in craft beer and now in, in bourbon in particular and uh, in, in micro distilleries and, and how that's taken off. Uh, and, and I think there are a lot of other categories you could expand that to. I think, um, I think we live in a time when consumers get to do that. And frankly, that's the challenge for people who are trying to reach consumers. How do you get out ahead of that? How do you differentiate? And how do you meet those consumers in a way they want to uh, be reached? Yeah. Well, and you mentioned that, you know, farm and ranch, it's all about relationships and that that's so important. How do you think about that blend then between the relationships of the businesses that you may have worked with for 10, 20, 30 years and introducing those new brands and those new types of companies in through mid-states? Yeah, I, I think, you know, our, again, in our class of trade, the type of consumer that, that we we primarily serve in, in the um, the way we go to market, there's a trust factor. The, again, these are these are companies that are local and regional, and they know their consumer, and, and that consumer trusts uh, the retailer, which again is a big point of distinction when you think about retail today. And and so our guys, our members, as uh, they continue to look for ways to meet consumer needs and and uh, you know find ways to um, uh, be more competitive. Uh, in in doing that in a way where they where they reach the consumer, but but they reach the consumer through a trusted source is really important. So over your career, you've worked with a whole host of different industries, going from energy drinks and alcohol to today with mid states and back in the early career, Kimberly Clark and CPG. When you've made these moves to different industries, different spaces, how have you thought about your own professional development to learn a new industry? and to help see what's coming up next? Yeah, I, I've been very fortunate in my career um, because I have been afforded opportunities in a number of, of different industries and with a number of companies, and I've been fortunate enough to work with some really great people. I think the thing that I've always tried to do is listen closely, ask a lot of questions, seek out people who I know know more than I do, and never stop learning. And, and you can always be learning whether you're reading or you're listening or you're trying to go, you know, seek out opportunities in, in um, group settings with experts, but never stop learning. Awesome. Yeah, I call that continuous beta that we need to be Absolutely. in today. So. And I think the other thing that's important is, uh, and, and one of the things that I think I've learned in, in probably uh, took a while, but um, it's okay to take risk and fail. It's okay to go out and challenge, really challenge yourself uh, because you're going to learn a lot. And, and there's no such thing as failure because you're going to learn something from that. It's what you apply when you go to the next thing that's important. 
I love that. Well, that is the perfect place to end the conversation on. So, Tom, I really appreciate you taking time in uh, this busy trade show that we're at to sit down. Dave. I I, uh, enjoyed the conversation and good luck at our show. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much for listening. If you like the show, hit that rating and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And for more resources, head over to predictingtheturn.com.